Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. We've also got uh, Cameron Shank this morning bringing the word, and we've also got Mr. Peter Crawford. So, uh, but let's wel- uh, give a warm welcome to Mrs. Rebecca Walsh. Doing an incredible job in the church. You're amazing. Take it away. Thanks, Ben. You just lead so well, even when you're jet lagged. It's amazing. <laughs> Doing an incredible job. Hey, guys, how are you this morning? Good. We're well. Enjoying the fact that you've got tomorrow off work as well for most of you. Very nice. Um, yeah, I already had Monday off because I don't have uni at the moment, so. It, I keep forgetting it's a long weekend. I've got to do my shopping later. But um, hey, I'm just going to pray before we get started. So if you want to uh, just pray with me, that'd be great. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to share your word. And Father, I just thank you that these words aren't of our own. They're not our own ideas. But God, I thank you that you've... Um, given us revelations this morning just to share um, with your church, Father God, and I thank you that it would be you that's glorified and that you would um, speak through me and Cam and Pete today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So um, as I was preparing um, or deciding what scripture, because so, we're doing it set in red series, so basically the red words in the Bible, which is what Jesus said, it was a bit hard for me because Jesus' words aren't read in my Bible, <laughs> so I had to <laughs> make it easy. I went through um, Joe's Bible instead because he's got a red letter in there. Um, and Justin kind of told me the scriptures that the boys were sharing, and he was like, oh, so just something along that theme, like that kind of line. I was like, yes, wait, I can do that. So I was reading through, and um, I came to Matthew 7, verse 24, and I was like, God, like, is, are you sure this is the one that I'm meant to share? Because it doesn't exactly fit in with kind of what the guys are talking about. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that it's, if that's what you want me to share, and I'll share it. And then I kind of realized as I was preparing, I was like, oh, okay, this is like a prelude. So my, the scripture that I'm sharing is kind of like a prelude to prepare us for what Pete and Cam are going to talk about. So Matthew 7, verse 24, if you have your Bible or your phone with me, or you can take notes, you can read it later. Um, so Matthew seven twenty four says, it is the, um, yeah, it's talking about building your house on a rock. So everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Oh, cue the door closing. That was good timing. <laughs> yeah, so I just love Jesus' emphasis on hearing the word and applying an action. You know, Jesus' words are not just meant for us to sit and meditate on and and give us warm and fuzzies. They're meant for us to hear and apply, to go out and actually use them. And most of you know that I'm studying midwifery at the moment. And recently I had to do a practical assessment on neonatal resuscitation. So if a baby's born in their flat, how to take them over to the trolley and, you know, help them to breathe and resuscitate them. 
And for me, the consequences of not knowing how to apply the clinical skill don't just affect me and my practice. It's not just that if I got there and there was an emergency and I decided flailing because I didn't know actually how to do it, but it's actually going to have an effect on that baby and on that whole family. So it doesn't just affect me, the knowledge and applying it, but it affects other people around me. However, if I learn the skills, learn the knowledge and then apply them and practice them, when I'm in an emergency situation, I'm going to know clearly what to do for that baby and how to care for that family to the best of my ability. And so the word of God is the same. Like we need to learn it, but we also need to apply it because the implications don't just affect ourselves. They affect the people in our world around us as well. You know, that's why Jesus says if we build the house um, on rock, if we read the word and we apply it and it's in us, we've got it, then when a storm comes, when things happen, we're not going to be flailing around going, what do I do? What do I do? We're going to go, okay, I know where to go. I've got the word. I've been applying it. This is, it's already in me. And it's like, I can pull it up like that. Making sense? Yeah, sweet. Um, Yeah, so it's no good to us. There's no point in us hearing the word or reading the Bible and then just going, okay, cool, and tucking it away for later. That's, it's not going to be beneficial to us and it's not going to be beneficial to others either. And so we're meant to, Justin always, like, you know, encourage us to do this, to test the word of the preacher, to test what he's saying, to test what we hear in podcasts, actually go and do our own research and read the word for ourselves so it's in us and, and we know how to practically use that in our own life. And the other thing is that um, people, as we know, they don't want to hear about us being Christians. You know, they have their own perception of the church and of Christianity and they don't want to just hear that from us. They actually want to see that we are applying the words that we preach, that we're applying the words and the standards that we say that we stand by and we stand on. So, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of where God led me this morning and I hope that it's an encouragement to you in your walk with God it's it was um a good revelation and reminder for me as well as I was reading it I was like yeah check myself am I actually applying when I read the word of God am I actually using it or am I just tucking it away and forgetting about it week to week so um I'm going to wrap up there because I want to leave plenty more time for Pete and Cam so um yeah here's Pete our incredible worship pastor Thanks, Beck. You're awesome. That was brilliant. Such a cool truth, eh, about knowing the Word of God, not just for us, because maybe we're in a situation where we can help someone else. I love that. That was great, Beck. So, said in red, I've, I've called my little section in the dust, um, but I mean it in a good way. I know it doesn't feel like it, because you're like in the dust, but I, I want to come from that place of you might feel like you're in the dust, but... Um, God's always got heaps of plans. So let's jump straight into this so we can get Cam up here to land this thing. But um, I just want to, Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. I love that because it takes that dust, it takes that situation, but when God breathes life onto it, it becomes life it's funny too because you think about that 
and God doesn't always use what we think he should use or he could use. Like David wasn't the dude to fight Goliath. Anyone would have sort of went, no, you keep doing what you're doing. So just, just from that sort of thought. And, um, and it's interesting because he gives us life and then God gives us choice. So we have life. We're made from dust. And then he gives us choice. And um, I just love Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, I've set before you life and death. Now choose life. He even tells us to choose life. I'm like, how, how's God? Like he gives us life. And then he tells us to choose life because I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't choose life. And the moments when we've got to choose life are just so constant. Like even for me this morning, um, my wife's, Emily's not super well. So it just wasn't like, I'm sure you all don't, but I just want to let everyone know I'm just human. And my morning on the way in here to play music and worship, I didn't um, drive business class. Um, <laughs> or, you know, like, it, it, but God uses everything and He's so incredible. And, it, and I just loved singing those songs with you guys. And I'm going to be able to remember back in my week and hear all your voices worshiping God. And that's what's going to help me when some thought says, you know what, you can't do it. How are you going to solve this problem? You're not good enough. You don't deserve this. I'm just going to hear that sound of worship and go, hang on. I know that I've got a tribe of people that I'm a part of. And so to help me choose life, I have people influence on me. And um, it's funny because Jesus was the author of life. I love that. I absolutely love that. You have author of books. That's fantastic. It's um, incredible that people write books, but the author of life, so he wrote life. And um, it's funny too, because Jesus was here to confront the systems that kept us in bondage. And I'm learning more and more that no matter what I do, uh, if you exercise, if you want to get faster or stronger, you, you're kind of never there. You just always, you can always just improve and you can always do a bit more. And um, it's what's so challenging about that song we sang this morning, God is madly in love with you. I'm like, that, that just humbles me so much because it just cuts through every statement. And I want to say it again. God is madly in love with you. And, and then what, what does that look like? Um, madly in love with you, what does that mean? I, I was in here um, last night actually and I... I put the, put the music out for everyone just in case, but I pretty much only had, I think, Ben on drums and maybe jazz singing at like six o'clock last night. And I was like, that's okay. He's like, I'll just, you know, I'll play my acoustic guitar. I'm not really good at it, but um, Ben will drum and he'll keep me in time, so that'll be sweet. <laughs> and like moment by moment, God just kept breathing life into every step I took. And I didn't even, you know, I just put the music out. I, I don't know, maybe someone. Anyway, Dan just texts, he's super busy reno in his house at the moment, he's like, oh, I'll play bass and then Joe was sick so Joe wasn't going to play keys and that sort of happened last minute and then Robin's just like, oh, I'll play keys and then Cherie's like, oh, I'll just jump on vocals and Kev's like, oh, I'll sing and I'm like God, in situations that you think he can't do anything, and it just it probably sounds simple but I'm just in everyday life he's going to do things like that and um, so I'll get straight to my um, verse I've said all this too because can can we listen to this for the first time? I don't know if you can do that. Try and go, you know when you know something 
and you listen to it and you, uh, yeah. But sort of what Beck said, it's like the first time, and they're like, you got it. Like, I remember when I first held um, Phoenix, my little son, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I know, like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just such a weird. So please listen to this because I believe that there is so much love in this, and this is John eight, and I just want to read this whole little chunk here, and it says, um. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. I love that, the dust. It's almost like the author of life that made us out of dust, while they're sort of saying all this stuff, just writes in the dust. I'll keep moving. They kept demanding him an answer, so he stood up again and said to them, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And it's almost like they're caught up in this thing of what's right and what's wrong. What's right? What's wrong? We're right. And um, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. And I just, I've just got this point. I was, it's not about being right. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. It's about shining God's light, being who God called you to be. The church is the body of Christ. We bring unity, hope, freedom, and love. And I just want to finish with just two other things. Pastor Justin's been talking about momentum and what could this place look like if it was a constant light week after week getting, you know, um, we do packed with love. We're going to paint. We're going to imagine if we could do more things. Imagine as the body grows and people get more skills imagine the momentum we could get and the people we could touch and the things that we could do as we join together and um just in light of kind of that john 8 because it's a really heavy situation it shows you how that you can all rally together in unity in the wrong way and miss the point and miss the moment and miss what's happening or you can rally together in the right way build people up and have people remind you that you need to read the word of God, that you will fight things, but, but there's hope. And um, I love um, Dan Karotz, the worship pastor of C3, our movement, an amazing guy. And it says it's not about having, he said, it's not about all, having it all together. It's about bringing it all to God. Such a simple, profound, brilliant statement. Thank you, guys. You're incredible. Man, getting up after that is hard. Pete's like a powerhouse when it comes to like scripture. You know, I'm trying to get my technology to work for me. Got to learn technology. Um, man, I'd, I'd, when, I, when I came to like getting my message ready, it was kind of one of those ones that I've, I feel has been building up for a while because of the state of our society and the state of what we see on the news, what we see in social media, what you see at work. And church is kind of like, is like a separate part of that because we, you know, we're a body of believers and, and we've got one vision and the world's not a body of believers and they don't have one vision. 
they're just they're scattered and we're trying to have one vision and um you know pd talking about love and um you know and how that works and and what that means and that god loves you so much it's it's just funny that i, I that i got to this and i kind of feel like i'm preaching to the choir a little bit because i feel that everybody in this room has compassion and love for the person next to them i don't think anybody here really hates the person next to them or doesn't believe in what you know why they're here or what they're doing i think everybody has that kind of that brotherhood that sisterhood that you know that joining that one vision so i don't want to take up too much time because we're running out of time already but i've called this message what does love have to do with it it's it's a little bit of an 80s spin you know all your 80s babies out there and people that grew up in that era just think of the, you know, the flary hair and that sort of thing. I thought, I'm, you know, I thought I'd drag in with that. But I want to start with this. In a time where self-love, building your own empire and leaving anybody you don't get along with behind, where does love thy neighbor fit in today? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I see on, you know, the news, I see on TV shows, I see on Facebook, I see in the workplace, that constant thing where, you are told that you have to go and get yours at whatever cost. So who's, this, this might sound funny, but who's seen The Bachelorette? Some people put their hands up. Now I'll tell you, that's, that show is supposed to be about love. But it's funny, when the love comes to a certain point and the love's not given back, it turns to hate. And they turn their back on that person that they love. And that's what we're kind of taught in society. That's what we're kind of bred to do. It's just like, go and get yours. And then if somebody's underneath you or somebody's getting in your way or they're stopping you from getting it, don't worry about that because you're the most important person. You've got to look out for yourself above all. But that's not the kingdom of God. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is fast becoming forgotten and led to believe that your own feelings are more important than others. But this is where it gets really muddy. Love is not a feeling, it's an action. Because they say, you know, you're in love and you fall out of love and, and that's all right. And then, you know, when you get to this part, it's like, if you don't feel it anymore, just don't do it. Or, But love is an action. Because the feeling of love starts really high. Anybody that's married, anybody that's been in a relationship will know. The feeling of love starts really high. And as the relationship goes along, that feeling, I'm going to call it a feeling, gets a little bit less. doesn't disappear. And, and, and stick with me here. Because Th- the feeling, when you first meet that person, the butterflies, do you get that every single day? No. I'm just making sure you're on the same page. I do, Amanda. I do, every single morning. Um, but the feeling... You, you know, it gets a little bit less. It's the same when you buy a brand new car or a new house or a new clothes. That feeling wanes. But the action of love continues. So despite that, I might have a fight. I might have an argument with somebody. I might disagree with Amanda on who's making breakfast for Evie. <laughs> Me. We, I still love her. So this is the problem. The world says love is a feeling. God says love is an action. Uh, John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Our whole existence is built on love. The whole thing. So God loved us, so he created us. 
He didn't do it because he just felt like it. Because he wanted, he wanted love. So he loved us and he created you. And then you know what happened? He also gave his only son because he so loved the world. Love. Not because I felt like it. It's because he loved Jesus loved us, so he stood in the gap while we were still his enemies. So this is where the action comes into it. I don't think Jesus went, you're a bunch of filthy sinners, I feel like I'm under the cross for you. Because I can tell you what, if somebody's done wrong by you in your world, you don't feel like going out of your way for them. What is that though? That's a feeling. You don't feel like doing that. But what did Jesus do? Jesus went, walked all the way to that cross, despite all the, you know, the betrayal, the backstabbing, getting spat on, getting stabbed, getting beaten, he walked all the way to that cross and hung on that cross for the people that put him there. He didn't go, I feel like doing that, but he had love in his heart for them. He had love in his heart for us. The cross is a message of faith, hope, and love. I'm trying to wrap it up real quick here. So Proverbs, hates, uh, hate, Proverbs 12, uh, 10, 12, hatred stirs up conflict, but love conquers all wrongs. That's where we've got to kind of see this. If hate was like an earthquake and it came in and destroyed a city and made gaping big holes, left everything in just confusion and rubble and people trying to pick up the pieces and it's just, you know, it's all falling out of their hands... Love is a bridge that goes across that divide. Because people sometimes think that love makes everything easy and smooth and just will just neaten that ground, get a, get a big steamroll and just steam it all, roll it all flat and it's all good again. That's not love. Love goes over the whole lot and joins those two parties together despite what's in the middle, despite what's beneath. And this is where the world doesn't want to do that. The world wants to go, oh, there's a divide. Forget it. Just go on. But that's not God. Love conquers all things. Love was the reason for our creation. Love was the reason for the cross. And love should be the reason why we act out. Why we act out what God did for us. Because God loved us first. So we act out. We act out our love. So let's love each other regardless of what's beneath. Because God loves you and I regardless of what lies beneath us. And that's my message. Love one another. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.